Hello, 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 6 a.m. run community, 6 a.m. run listeners. Always, you know, this is Hami here. I want to just say hello. Thank you guys, of course, for continuing to grow our podcast. And watching podcast numbers go up every single week is something I'm grateful for. And I want to thank you guys. Obviously, you guys know this podcast is brought to you by 6amrun.com. And that has also kind of continued to grow and become one of the leaders in nutrition for runners. So it's really cool to obviously be able to now do a podcast and 6amrun.com, you know, be able to, to back that podcast. So this has been a really great journey. And I always, like I said, thank you and say hello and to start every podcast. Um, you know, we've had some amazing guests and you guys are starting to see that. We're at like three episodes a week. So with that, I want to kind of get right to Jamal Javanji, who's on right now. And Jamal, I always say, you know, you are your own best hype man of sorts. Tell (laughs) us about yourself. And we just talked about it in the pre-call. Can you tell us why I asked you to be on the episode, bud? Sure. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on your show. Uh, Just a delight to be here and to get the chance to meet you. I, um, you know, as, as far as a little bit about myself, born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, that's where I'm from. I live in Southern California now, uh, just about an hour and a half east of Los Angeles in a little mountain community with my wife. Uh, I am a full-time life coach, uh, an author, podcaster as well, and I'm just really passionate about helping people move into their, um, what I would call their most whole, healed, their highest self, so to speak. And so that's the work I do. and, And so I really appreciate the invitation to be on the podcast and to talk a little bit more about uh, how to take control of our life, and which is, um, I just feel like we're at a, as far as our culture goes, as far as society goes, it, it really seems to me that we're at a crossroads, so to speak, about what direction are we going to go as a nation, but also as a global community. And so very, very excited to have this conversation. I think we can start to, one of the things we don't do for both as a company and both on the podcast we try very minimally to not get political or religious, right? But I will say this, there's no question the pandemic, I curse a little bit, Jamal, so forgive me, but there's no question (laughs) the pandemic confused the shit out of people. And I'll tell you why. A lot of people who are in corporate America, while maybe they even kept their jobs, they even started asking themselves, how useful am I? How important am I? Right? Right. So you got to figure that's going on, even though some a lot of companies, to their credit, did their best. I think sure. um, some of the aid and some of the, obviously, some of the government assistances and stimuluses. Mm-hmm. The stimuluses helped a lot of business stay in business. And, sure, you know, you, you got to love our country for supporting entrepreneurs and businesses for that. But like I said, I'm, I was talking with a lot of friends over the past couple of years, and they're like, dude, I sit at home and do jack shit and get paid for it. Right. And that could uh, produce a lot of questions internally. Right. Like mm-hmm. how important am I to this company? Who am I? What am I? And it's funny. They had people went through that in the pandemic. I don't want to make this show. It's not about me, but sure. I went through that before the pandemic. So I totally can relate to that. And I'm sure you get people come to you that are very in a very confused state. Am I right? A hundred percent. And I'm glad you brought up the pandemic because it was probably the first time at least in my lifetime in modern history, that we had so much, everything came to a halt so quickly. People right. had, you know, were staying at home. And one of the things I've discovered that people are, I want to say afraid of, but there's a real fear of being with ourselves. I heard a quote one time, it says, all the problems in the world 
can be traced down to mankind's inability to sit with themselves for about 10 minutes. Just the inability to sit in stillness with self is where all, because that shows us where the angst is, the internal angst. And as a culture, as a society, we really were forced into that space, which brought up, a lot of people say, well, it caused a lot of issues. I don't know that it caused any problems as much as it revealed them. Oh, yeah. And I think that's... Yeah. That's what people, you know, when it comes to like, you know, there were domestic violence was, you know, uh, those issues increased alcoholism, you know, drug abuse, different things. These were just people's attempts to mask the pain that they were now faced with. Yeah. And that was, that was my, um, my observation. I think there's two, I think a couple of things happened, right? I think, and, and I don't want to make this whole episode about the pandemic, but I'll say sure. that was by the way, a great show back in the day, but let's say you're married with children. <laughs> You work a nine to five, eight to five job. You mm-hmm. kids have practices. You go to work. You might see your spouse on the weekends and maybe a couple hours every night, right? right? Now you're spending time with your spouse, like literally staring at each other in a home, nothing to do. And you're really discovering maybe are you, are you the same person you were if you got married, let's say 10 plus years ago, you know, uh, you're really maybe now it's like, who's, and then are you, for me, it was a little opposite because I know I was like, obviously starting this company and in our kind of startup mode, I was like in grind. So it was a great opportunity to step a little bit back and be like, oh man, let me spend time with the kids and family. So I was a little mm-hmm. more opposite, but still there was a couple of different ways it could have gone. Knock on wood for me, it went the better way where I was like able, I now sometimes miss those early pandemic days when we weren't allowed out of the house. And those first two weeks when you really were scared to leave your home, you know what I mean? So it's, it, I missed yeah. it a little bit, right? Getting groceries delivered, everything delivered and just bunkering down. But yeah, like confusion, I think, let me ask you that and where I'm getting, I'm getting a long-winded way of saying this. Do you deal with people who have self-confidence issues some people really sometimes need to be told what their next move needs to be, right? There's leaders and then there's followers. And but let me ask you, and I don't mean to put you on the spot or anything, but is your job to kind of make a follower be able to at least lead themselves, if anything? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And what I find is that when people come to me as my work as a coach, people come to me for all kinds of reasons. But I always say it's the same reason every time. They just don't know it. But initially they're coming to me because maybe they're having relational struggles or they're, they're unhappy in their relationship or they're unhappy in their career. They feel like I'm stuck or, you know, or maybe they feel like, you know, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm here to do. I just feel unfulfilled. A lot of times people just say, I just feel stuck and I'm not sure why, and I'm not sure what would make me feel unstuck. So, but the overall feeling is I'm not enjoying this, this thing we call life. I'm not enjoying this day-to-day experience I'm having. and. Again, the symptoms of where that comes out can come out in many different places, finances, career, relationships, health, even Uh, a lot of times it's health. And, but I always say it all goes back to the same root. And if you ask people, Hey, if you had a choice, right, if you had a choice, what would you want to experience? Would you want to experience today in a stress-free way? You know? So, and, and even what is stress, you know, the idea is like, Oh, it's feels like internal resistance, right? I feel like I'm I'm trying to push something. I'm trying to plow through something. That's the experience of stress. But I always say, if you had a choice, if you could choose, would you choose stress? Would you choose anxiety? Would you choose to be worried? And the answer is obviously 100% no. I would never choose that. 
So then I would say, well, that just means that simply means that your internal state, because stress, anxiety, fear, all of these are internal states of being. They're not external (laughs) because the same person could experience the same set of events and have a very different experience. Right. You know, and the way I like to put it is like some people say sugar is sweet. Well, it's actually not sweet. Sugar is a chemical compound. Right. If you set it on a rock, it's not sweet to the rock. It's only sweet when it hits the human tongue in a certain area, which we have yeah. taste buds that interact with it. So it, our experience of sugar is sweet, but the experience is internal. It's inside of me. It's not attached to the thing. And so right. I always say, you know, two people could experience life. One person could experience bliss and enjoyment, happiness. The other person could experience pain and misery and stress, mm-hmm. but it's all dependent upon your internal experience. So I would yeah. say if you had a choice, you wouldn't choose to experience life in a stressful way or in a fearful way. So all that means is you don't have control of your internal state of being. That's all that that means. So what we do in coaching is we just help people learn how to have control, take back control of the only thing we really have control over. By the way, there's a lot of things we don't control, obviously, in the world. We don't control the economy, the weather. We don't control who's in office. We don't control pandemics, what's happening. But we do. The one thing, if there's one thing we actually do have control over, it is our internal state. It's just that we haven't learned or been taught how to take control of that. So that's what we do in the coaching work is just help people gain control of their internal state of being, which is really where we create our life from. So I think too, one of the things, the problems I think also too is, right? And you're making me go on a couple little rants here, but I'll I'll share with you. I have a 14-year-old. I have a six-year-old. The more and more I look back at what my 14-year-old is going through, I can't help but think about what I was going through at that same age. I'm 42 now. But I look back on what's going on right now, right? I'm about to tell this 14-year-old in less than four years to go possibly to a four-year college and pick what she wants to do the rest of her life. And then I can't help but look at myself at 18 and be like, I did that. And I picked marketing and business. And I'm like, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do at 18 for the rest of my life. But I was told, go to this higher education place, pick a major out of like a hundred of them. And then I just found myself there. Right. Mm. And you do things to make, you know, and and that even, right? Like that's being done to make other people happy. Getting my first full-time paycheck and buying a BMW, that was to impress, you know, my friends and girls, right? You do things so much early on in your life because Mm -hmm. you're making your parents happy. You want to impress people. Now, I feel like one of the best qualities of me getting older is a fuck it attitude, right? Right. You can hate me. I really don't care. Like, as long as I can put my head asleep tonight and there's more of, like, I've known some of the richest people in my area and I've met some really rich people. I've never met like a billionaire yet in my life, but I met some really rich people and none of them to me are truly happy. Mm. They've got yes men, they've got wives that they're cheating on, for example, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're Mm -hmm. not happy, dude. You've got Mm -hmm. money, but you're not happy. And Mm -hmm. what I was able to see, and I love seeing that because it's like, I can at least put my head asleep at night and be content. Kids are healthy. It's funny too. It's like things that are not even about money, right? Like if my kids and wife are healthy at night, I know I can at least sleep that night, right? Like Mm -hmm. you see people don't even understand and take, and what I'm getting at with that is, do you see people sometimes don't even appreciate the small shit that we take for granted? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, typically 
it takes, I hate to see this, but it, a lot of times when somebody gets a phone call from a doctor or somebody, right. and they say, Hey, you know, there's some bad news. There's a terminal illness. One of the first things that people begin to do when they get that kind of news is they say, Oh, I just wish I would have appreciated the sunsets, the meals, yeah. the call, cups of coffee, just the time. And basically what they're describing is everyday minutia, right? Every day, the moments of life, the in and out. Most people are bored, but boredom is an interesting thing. Because oh, yeah. I, if you think about it, like, wait a minute, we're on a ball of dirt, a ball of, <laughs> we're on this amazing planet that has covered, you know, it's incredible what's happening. We're spinning, you know, in an axis, we're going around the sun. There's incredible. We have this thing called consciousness and life. We are experiencing things every single day, food and relationships and people. And it's like the internet totally and boredom is just simply saying, I'm not paying attention to any of that. So right. therefore it feels like there's nothing going on, but no, oh, there's so much happening yeah. in a mundane moment. I want to go back real quick to, to one of your statements. And there is that old kind of um, slang or not a folk tale, but you know, you treat the janitor with the same respect you treat the CEO. Sure. One of my past podcast guests, the name is drawing a blank, but he wrote a book after his granddaughter survived cancer. And one of the things he was saying, because she was a child with cancer, they went to the Ronald McDonald house. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to one of the things you said, and one of the craziest quotes he told me, I never forget. And I think this episode is coming out soon. I don't think we've aired it yet. But he said, look, the Ronald McDonald house was a place where, you know, you know that quote, right? But the Ronald McDonald was a place where the janitor and CEO, let's say as parents mm-hmm. and their kids are going through cancer in that home, they're the same. That's the same. They're both two parents who are trying to fight their asses off to save their kids. Hundred percent. And when we come to terms with our mortality, I know that sounds a lot of people don't like to think about it, but when you come to terms with your mortality, the CEO and the janitor both die, and debt is dead. And the life you have, it doesn't matter. You know, at that point, it doesn't matter the money, the accolades, all these things, because the quality of your life is priceless. You actually can't put a number on that. So the way you experience your life and how you experience your day, so to speak, and people come to me all the time, they say, I want to change my life. I say, okay, but that's a lot to bite off. Let's focus on changing your day. Because if you can change your day, I mean, isn't that, that's where life is experienced. You'll never experience life outside of this thing that we call today, because tomorrow's a psychological construct that never comes. Well, and, and how you say that, here's the crazy part, right? Like I was making great money. Going back to me, I wasn't a millionaire by any means, but I was, you know, in a six-figure corporate job, right? I think it then becomes, you look at it, and I think that, so I'm a big sports guy. Everyone knows that, obviously, why I started in the running company, and I started running. I couldn't play sports the way I used to, but when I got closer, not even when I hit 40, if you say the average age span, when you talk about, you know, life is not forever, it's not at this moment, maybe one day, but at this moment, life's not forever, you know, you, you say, all right, I potentially, potentially have 80 years on this planet, right? When you start to hit 40, you know, in a game, right? If I'm playing a game, if you and I are playing one-on-one and we're playing to 11, maybe up to like five, I'm feeling you out, right? Mm. And that's the way I look at life up until 40. It's kind of like feeling it out, right? Then that second half, it's like, oh shit, now it's second half. <laughs> I'm playing a win, right? Yeah. Like I played the first half to feel it out 
maybe like, you know, I might, but like, I'm just saying, if we're doing like a game, my opponent might go up a little bit in the first half. What -hmm. happens at halftime? You go into the locker room, you make adjustments, and now you're playing that second half to actually win the game. That is a fantastic analogy. I love that analogy because I, I'm a college football fan. I love college right. football. And, you know, first half, exactly what you said. But well, I heard a football coach say one time, the two most important quarters or times in a game is the end of the second quarter right before halftime, right, right as you're ending, how that ends. And then the start of the third quarter begins after halftime because that's going to determine. And really, it's all centered around halftime, right? right? So what do you do in halftime? You make the adjustments, you're adjusting. Okay. Here's what we saw. Here's what we've been experiencing. And depending on how those adjustments go, we'll determine how you come out of halftime in that third quarter. Yeah. And, and it will set the trajectory and the tone for the rest of your life or the rest of the game, so to speak. And so funny you said that and going into halftime, I'm telling myself at 35 that my kind of epiphany moment was at 35. My daughter, who's 14 now, she was nine. The younger one was just kind of born. She was still a baby. And it's like, okay, how do I want these two humans who are mine when I'm gone? Because I technically could be gone tomorrow. When I'm gone, are they going to say, daddy worked for a credit card company? Like, how are they going to describe their father? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay This is what I think people sometimes don't like admitting. I think some selfishness and some braggadocious features in ourselves are okay at times, right? I don't want just you to write on my tombstone, he was a great dad and a great husband. Don't get me wrong. I want to be those two things, but I hope there's more context to my life than just those three people knew me best. Mm -hmm. That's basically what that tombstone is saying, if you think about it. A hundred percent. Like... President Obama's tombstone is going to be like president of the freaking United States. Like it's going to be like, it's probably going to have like eight accomplishments on there, right? On the tombstone. Right. Why can't I try to do something while I'm on this earth to do the same and to at least say, and by the way, and where I'm getting at with that is, don't get me wrong, 6AM Run has to make money. I will not ever lie to anybody. I One of the things as CEO of this company, I always try to say is like, I'm not going to ever be this like, I'm never, we always want to be for our customers, our community, but at the same time, what I'm most proud of and, and whether this is fulfilling, you know, in a wrong way or whatever, but the fact that we've impacted lives when a runner Mm -hmm. comes to me and says, man, because of your product, I can run again. And you talk about again, going to sleep at night. Every Mm -hmm. time a runner comes to us and says, your product helped me. It's almost as if it's the first time that happens. It's crazy. Good. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. That's beautiful. And I think because when those moments happen, what I'm hearing you say is when you encounter, uh, when a person says, hey, you changed my life, this was the methodology, right? It was through the 6 a.m. run. It was through, you know, he's able to run again. He's able, but that was just the trigger point, right? That was just the, it led him to an experience of life again, where he felt, I feel alive again. And so when you, and that feels that feels unlimited, there's a sense of being in that. And then when he tells you that, or a person tells you that it helps you access that dimension within yourself as well. And I always say, we will never be satisfied with limitation because it's, it goes against the human construct. Uh, and the reason I say that is because, you know, <laughs> I always say you could have a beautiful home, right? Let's say you have a beautiful yeah. home. You spent, you know, it was your dream home. You've spent time and money and to construct it and to get it exactly the way you want it. But if someone came to your door, Let's say they came and they were in a uniform, they showed up at your door and said, you can never leave here. Immediately, that home would become a prison cell. Right. You would despise it. 
What changed? Perception. It's limitation. Now limitation has been entered into the factor. So we will, we despise limitation. This is why humans have wanted to, even though the planet Earth, I don't know that we've discovered a planet yet that is as lush and benevolent and, you know, life supporting as the earth, but yet right. we want to, we're trying to get out of here. You know, we're, we're building ships and we're trying to explore because no, that's such a, I mean, even you ground you, my mom used to tell me, and this is back in the day before even phone, like you, I, I would get mad about being grounded. My mom said, you got your TV <laughs> and Nintendo in your room. What do you mean you're mad? You're grounded. Totally. Because there's a sense of restriction and limitation, which right. is not in, conducive to the human being. Cause I would say we're never going to be satisfied until we achieve infinite, whether it be significance is what you're describing. Uh, for some people, it's infinite love, infinite whatever it may be. But we want... But here's the thing. What would you tell your clients? Here's my thing. What is satisfaction? Because here's what I think people can't... Because you can't take a time out. And let me say this. I've never you said this example on a podcast before. I did my first marathon, New York City, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I finished it. I made a goal of myself. Didn't care about time, but I wasn't going to walk. I was going to jog or run the whole way, right? And I did that. I finished and got my medal. Like everyone was like, oh my God, how cool was it? How do you feel? I was kind of like, eh. But how you running it, maybe a little bit. I didn't train as probably as well as I should have, but more so doing it and then Mm -hmm. seeing the finish line. But the actual climax part of it was very blah. Is something wrong with me that that doesn't satisfy me? Am I like, well, you know, I wouldn't say there's anything wrong. I think it's a great opportunity to discover something fundamental about life. And so I'll give you an example in a similar way. I've never run a marathon, but I did a, a hike. It was a pretty epic hike. It's a 500 mile hike that started in Southwest France and it cut across Northern Spain and then finished in the Atlantic Ocean. And it's called the El Camino de Santiago. And it's a massive, it's like a spiritual pilgrimage that people do. Some people do run it. Some people walk it. Some people do it on horseback, but it's an epic. And I did, I did it on foot. It took me about 30, a little over 30 days to do it. And people talk about it. You know, all you hear is like, this is life-changing. People have these transformative experiences by doing this massive 500-mile hike. And what I noticed in myself and also in the folks who were doing this hike that I I got to meet and be with in in this journey, they would all say, every day that would pass, we'd get closer because everyone's headed towards Santiago, Spain. Santiago is where the the walk culminates. And everyone was like, what will it be like when we get to the end? When we finally get to Santiago and get our certificate, will we feel this sense of euphoria and accomplishment? And then the closer we got, the more we began to fear that. Wow. Fear the finish. And it took a while, but eventually we got it. We realized, you know what? When we get to Santiago and get our certificate, it's not going to be any different than today. Because there's a quality, because today is the day we live in. And we started to realize, and I remember I was walking, it was probably about a week from finishing, there was a little marker. They had these markers on the side of the path, and it would cut through cities. It would also get it, you'd be in the country. So they have these markers to show you if you're on the right path. So there was this little marker, and under the marker, there was somebody had written, just like in graffiti, Santiago is this moment. It's this moment. Wow. And it clicked for me. It was the whole trip made sense at that point. It was like the journey and the destination is right here. Yes, right. we're headed somewhere. Yes, we want to accomplish some things. We want to, but it's this moment in which we experience it. And when we get to Santiago, it will still be this moment. And how we handle, how we learn to be in this moment 
is where the satisfaction is, or it's, whether it's won or lost, it's right how we handle this moment. It's never in the future. And that, I'll never forget it. And it's become, and you know, I realize, that, oh, it's not just true on the Camino. <laughs> this is true. that This entire life is a marathon. Right. This whole thing is. Yeah, living in the moment, living in today is so important, right? I mean, one of the things, as crazy as that sounds, with my first child, I'll share with you, the first one, it's crazy to explain this, but I'll say it the best I can. With my first child, it was sit up, put your head up, crawl, mm-hmm. walk, talk, say your first word. And then you then get to a point where, and I jokingly would grab her and I do this even with my younger one. I got to this point, I was like, no, 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 now stop, stop grow. Like, cause then you're like, yep. wait, I'm, why am I rushing this? Right. Right. So with my second, it was more so of, you know, I know every parent wants to say, well, my kid can walk at six months, whatever, dude. Like I actually would try with the second one was opposite. I was like, no, because then the day they walk, that's the first step to them really being independent. And you then know, like my 14 year old right now is 14 going on 18. Like she's got a foot out the door already. Right. Sure. Um, being a high school freshman and like, it's crazy. You blink your eyes and kids are the best example of that. I'm like, what did I miss? When did I miss the middle? Like you just kind of miss some of those things you feel like. So it's, I don't think until you have kids, you really understand. I think as an adult or your own life, you kind of think time is such a infinite thing. Mm -hmm. And then your kids really can show you that it's not. And then, like I said, so with the younger one, it's like, no, 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 don't talk yet. Don't crawl yet. Don't get right. up yet. Like the little one I tried, and I tell parents that I'm like, any advice I can give you is don't be so urgent to rush the natural steps of the child that's going to happen because then you can't go, you can never go backwards. That's such great advice. And it's interesting that when we approach life as if it's a race, it's like, well, you know what the finish line is. So it's coming no matter what you do. That's that's the thing I wish people say, you know, it's like, can you imagine waking up in the morning and you're experiencing a beautiful sunrise? And what if someone told you, hey, you know, we got to get to sunset, you know, the sunset in about 12 hours or whatever, it's going to be sunset. We got to get there. I mean, that would cause a lot of stress, but it's like, wait a minute, we don't actually have to get to sunset. It's going to come no matter what we do. <laughs> it's, it's happening. Right. But the question is like, can we settle in to this moment? Because time is carrying us forward. And if we'll learn to be in flow with it, we will actually yeah. accomplish. People talk about, I want to accomplish. Yeah, We accomplish so much more in a state of non-resistance than in yeah. resistance. So I always say, don't be in a hurry to live. Life is the time. It's like a river. If there's a current, it's going. You don't have to make it happen. It's happening. Yeah. But learn to, to be with it. And that's the tough part. I mean, and my wife and, and I, we joke about it now. I never forget. We were on like some vacation or something. And all of a sudden I saw she started like planning like the next one. She's like, well, next time I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm paying for this one right now. Like, what do you mean next time? We should know. Like, don't even talk. Like the fact though, that to your point where we are in so, like, why are you talking about next vacation? Like, you know, mm. we're supposed to be on a break and enjoy this one. Now you're going to stress out about, well, next time we got to go here and, and I think that part of technology, as great as it is, but that's where like everything is so immediate and so accessible. I mean, sure. I'm still of that old school mentality. Like if you wanted to plan a trip back in the day, you have to either go to one of those like little stores in the mall or like sure. you have to actually call the airline. And like now it's just everything's online. I can book a flight in five minutes. I can book hotel. Like I can book a vacation in less than five minutes. 
Yeah. Travel agency. That's, that's a day. That's something of the past, right? It's, it's, right, right. It did. I mean, like, yeah, you know, so th- this was, you know, I'm loving everything you're saying. I mean, I've kind of really hijacked a little bit of this. What, um, is there anything I'm missing that maybe you want to share? What do you see? You know, we talked about some of the problems and issues people come to you with in the end. I mean, like if someone's looking for, let's kind of talk life coach for also too. I will, by the way, Jamal, we'll put all your stuff in the bio and we're going to make sure we have your podcast, everything in your bio. I was actually just, as we were talking, putting it down so I could make sure we get everything in there. What are some of the other things maybe, again, we didn't touch on that you would love to you know, communicate? I think one last piece I'd love to touch on that we didn't touch on it, but you mentioned it early on. I'm not saying I don't ever need a life coach. I think what you do is very important. I never want you to stop that. I think you do something so valuable. Actually, I know where I want to go with this conversation real quick. I'll give you a perfect example and where I value what you do. I don't think people in this day and age need a personal trainer. I can go on YouTube right now and figure out any workout I want to figure out. Mm -hmm. Now, where I need a personal trainer is to get behind me and push my ass to do that one rep. Maybe I would on my own be too lazy to do. 100%. So I need need a friend and I need a hype man. Totally. Right? And I put you, and I hope that I'm not... I don't mean this in a, I mean this in a very respectful way. Sure. I think people need you to where they, they can't get that from their friend. They can't get that from a family member. Maybe they're getting some cookie cutter advice from their inner circle. You know, you can Google a lot of different things. We live in a day and age, again, same as the workout. I can find out any workout I need online. I can go online and find out how to swing a golf club. I can go online and learn how to shoot a basketball but I can't get that one-on-one training and person pushing me to be the best at it. Does that make sense? It, it totally makes sense. And I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm an author, you know, so, but I always tell people books won't change your life. No. Information doesn't change your life. I'm a fan of information. It's great. But ultimately what does change the game for us is our experience, what we experience. And so where coaching comes in, where the, the benefit of coaching, one of the most satisfying things I experience in my work is when right. I work with a client, when we get to the point where the client says, I feel good, I'm okay. I don't need to keep working with you. It is the most, because that's, you know, like, okay, that's this, it worked for you. And I would say what worked for them, they worked for themselves. They right. learned how to take, how to access and take control of what they actually have control over, which is their inner being. The problem is for a lot of folks is that I like to use this analogy, but like if, if you could have a conversation with a fish in a fish tank and you could say, Hey, how's the water? They'd be like, you know, they probably would say, what's water. Can you tell what well, I've never seen it because when you're in it, you don't see what you're in. It's yeah. like you see everything through a lens, but you don't see the lens. Right. It's like that you're looking through. So the mechanism of coaching, the apparatus of it, in my experience, has been it's an opportunity to create space mm-hmm. for somebody to, to step out of their fish tank, so to speak. And then we can look from a, there's a real opportunity to have another angle to be able to look at our life, look at our our mindset, look at our the way we've been experiencing life outside the fish tank. And then we can look at the water, so to speak, with a little more distance, because what's needed is some distance at a perceptual level. Mm-hmm. So when you can create that distance, then you can see a little more clearly. And then you can, and that's half the battle right there is of its consciousness. Mm-hmm. Enlightenment, even the word enlightenment means to bring light into something. So through the yeah. light of awareness and consciousness, that's where we start to grow and heal and transform. And so that's why coaching can be such a 
transformative, you know, thing for someone to do because we're literally for the first time people are seeing their lives from outside the fish tank, so to speak. And then when we see it, you make the changes. So then it's easy that making the changes, the shifts in whether it be subconscious uh, mental scripts, which are very important because that affects how we feel, then we can get the tools, then we introduce tools of ways that we can rewrite the code or or change the scripts that have been running to so that we our experience of this life can, we learn to take control of it and then to shape it and become the architect of our life versus reacting to life. <laughs> Big difference. I love it. I love it. No, this was, this is amazing. Wow. And then let me go back real quick. I want to take it back as we're kind of come on the fourth quarter of this conversation here. I know you got to go and I really appreciate your time. Maybe even have you on again. What about physical fitness? What about like for me too? And again, I love what you do. Um, you're probably someone I would recommend to a few people I know, but one of the things I know for me every day that I have just my moments of Zen clarity, and I'm not a meditator. And by the way, when I say I, I probably am lazy at, at trying, I'll be the first to admit it, but I always tell people I can't meditate. And part of me probably is a little bit lazy when it comes to that. But what I know running does is it does, we had a hypnosis on and her episode's about to come out. You know, running does put me in a state of trance and hypnosis. Oh, 100%. I didn't know that until I spoke with this woman. I'm that old school thinking hypnosis is the old pocket watch. <laughs> like, right. right. They're right, deeply right. in there, like, you know what I mean? But it's not. It's very similar to like a lot of people, the way they can, the way I can explain it. It's like when you're driving somewhere, you don't know how you got there. You know, you followed the rules, you know, you, you know, obviously you drove safely to get to your destination. Obviously, if you weren't, you wouldn't get there, but you don't remember the drive. You're in a song, your brain's driving, but like part of it is also on an issue or a problem that needs your attention. And that's why sometimes people say, let me go for a run. Let me go for a drive, right? The running does that for me, clears me, centers me. I think you do that for a lot of people. I think that's kind of what people need, right? And that's where some of these things, so your opinion also too on physical fitness. Because for me, I think physical fitness should also be a North Star to people. I hate to say this, but just as religion, just as family, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that are big North Star tiers for people. And I think if you're not physically fit, how can any of those other things be North Stars for you? hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I tell people the physical body, my understanding of the physical body is that it is like an antenna. Life exists beyond the body. My understanding is that life is expansive. It's infinite in nature. The body is a machine. It's a mechanism that's been designed to be a receiver of life and it's right. to receive. And so if the antenna, if you remember, like, I don't know if you've back in the day, we're similar in age. So when I was a kid, you, you remember watching a show on TV and all of a sudden it start flipping, right? The screen starts flipping. You go, wait, we got to adjust the antenna. So you, you have to get in the roof or yeah. either, or they're straight, get the bunny ears out or whatever. It's unfortunate. A lot of our, our audience might not understand that, but no, I'm saying, no, maybe, actually, a lot of our audience is 35. So sure. But yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Totally. So we have to adjust the antenna so that the reception, or if you're driving in the car, right? And the most annoying thing is when you're listening to a radio station and you start to get out of range and it starts that that signal starts to dissipate. Well, the physical body is like that, right? If the antenna is not in the proper form that it was designed to be in, then our experience of life is going to get fuzzy. It's not going to be as well. And a lot of people don't even know how sick they are because they don't, they have never experienced the crispness wow. and the perception of life that they can experience. And once you experience it, you realize, oh, I don't want to lose that. So there's a real real need to pay attention to the form, which is the physical body, pay attention to the shape that it's in, because not because the body is the end-all be-all, because it's our antenna at which we experience the 
this dimension that we call life. And we want it to be crisp and clear so we don't have to escape it. No, it's funny you say it. And the, yeah. the best part is I'm like you, I'm a sports guy, like I said, and watching like a Michael Jordan clip on YouTube, right? And then watching last night, the playoff games on like HD TV, you're like, how did I used to even see the ball? I know, yeah. On, oh, yeah. And or foot, you're a football guy. How did you even see the ball being thrown in the air? But you did, right? Like, I mean, I'm saying you did, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You, you, but you we saw it. But now it's like so crisp and clear. So like, you know, and even games, right? Like if you're a little bit of a gamer, you look at like sports video games now. Uh, I think they right. always make fun of Tom Brady, how old he is. Like they're like when Tom Brady first started, how he looked on video games versus how he looks now. And it's like, it's ridiculous. Like how Tom What's interesting about Tom Brady is that he's an anomaly, right? So he's the older he gets, the better he he actually hit all his stats. I mean, I remember when he was in college, he went to my rival school. Uh, I'm a Buckeye fan from Ohio. He went to Michigan, but he was he was not a good quarterback at Michigan. I remember him when he was there. And I know I got to let you go, but here's my thing on that. This is my thing, and this is why I tell my daughter who does basketball a lot and she plays at a very high level. Here's what I tell her: You can have all the physical skills in the world if you can't in a millimeter of a second or whatever, if you can't in a split second make the right decision, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be the best. The best is the guy that can say, I'm not passing that guy's double, like who can in a split second and in football more than any other sport, you don't have time. Every millisecond counts, right? Tom Brady's better now because in my opinion, he's smarter. What do you think? A hundred percent. What's interesting is that he actually talks a lot about, he is a meditator. So he gets into this, he's really developed his inner life because that has given him access to being able to perceive. So like when you can look at your thoughts versus being in your thoughts, it slows down. Everything slows down. And people talk about the more quarterbacks talk about that in the game of football. When the game slows down, you gain mastery over it. But it's true in life. When life slows down, does it actually slow down? No, but your perception does because you're learning to create distance between the monkey mind that's very busy and your own perception because there's a different dimension. Most people have not learned how to separate themselves from their mind, but the mind and the body are just tools. They're not who we are. And So that's a lot of the work that we do. We just help people gain awareness of this dimension of perception beyond the body and the mind. And that gives us access and it affects us physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, in every area. No, I listen, I love that. I'm very, very thankful for you to be on the episode. Why don't we do this too? Let's make sure we get you saying it again. We'll put it in the bio. Uh, Jamal, how can people get a hold of you if they want to? What is your site and your podcast and Obviously, I'm sure every channel, but where can they look that up? If you could just say it, anyone running or anyone listening can know. And then also the websites and stuff that they can get a hold of you, please. Totally. You know, probably the best place, a hub that people can go to is my website, which is jamaljavanji.com. And that is that I have a book. I have a podcast called The Love Cast with Jamal. That's also hosted there on the, you can access it there from the website. And also my coaching page is also all on that website, jamaljavanji.com. I'm also on Instagram, jamaljavanji, Facebook, jamaljavanji, Twitter, all of that. So Awesome. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. 
but definitely, like I said, let's see what, um, if anyone has any questions or anything, maybe if you don't mind coming back in the spring, maybe have you on again in the fall. Um, I think you're someone that can really bring a lot of value to our audience for sure. And anyone that was running while listening to this, I hope you guys are way more motivated to push through that last couple of minutes here, your, your, maybe your hour, 30 minute run. So, all right, Jamal, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time guys. Thank you for listening. And if, if you need anything, definitely, like I said, we'll have everything in the bio and, and they're definitely, you know, give us a holler. All right. Thank you everyone. Have a great great day. Bye-bye.